Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. going on what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of what the game means to me I'm of course one half of the pod jelani brown got my calls with me of course again today daddy is bill how you doing today man what's good bro i'm pretty straight uh glad to be back on another week another nfl upcoming week another college football week and i'm ready to you know see what happens upsets <laughs> um some another loss for the jaguars i'm just ready to tune in though <laughs> Yeah, last week was last week was pretty crazy on both ends, college football and NFL, with some losses that we saw, um, some people's teams that lost, the way they lost, including mine. You know, just a lot of stuff. You know, off the ball network in the group chats and stuff. It was pretty funny, but uh, definitely uh, ready to get into it. Like it says college football is week six. It's really moving for real. Like it's well, almost the middle of October, beginning I guess a little bit, but it's almost the middle of October. Um, almost six games in, but this week looks like it's going to be just like last week, kind of have a little bit of a playoff implications with certain teams. Um, first, of course, we got one of the, the big matchups, I think five versus four or four versus four three. versus three. Yeah, four versus three, my fault. Penn State versus Iowa. So like I said, big matchup, really crazy. If there's what five teams, I think now from the big, uh, big 10 that's in the top 12 um, ranked. So they're showing that they're one of the power conferences. And like I said, they're looking definitely to get one of the teams. And if it's not Ohio State this year, one of these two teams probably might be on the slate. So Penn State, Iowa, what do you uh, think about this matchup? I think it's a good matchup. Two quality uh, coach teams. Uh, it will be a defensive matchup. Mm-hmm. And I predict it will be a low-scoring game. Not too much to talk about. I watch these two teams play, but they're it's not boring. But it's Big Ten football. It's Big Ten football. So – 
you know, Sean Clifford's played well. As people don't, you know, as people forget, Penn State had a rough go in the little half season, the spring season. Mm-hmm. Well, not the spring season, the little six-game season they had last year. Yeah. So for them to bounce back, you know, is, is big. Uh, I was – they've been in this position a couple of times in years past, like mm-hmm. been undefeated. Back but they're close, top yeah. three, this, you know, this deep in the season is big for them. And then their atmosphere is, is good to get. So yeah. it'll be rocking. But I think James Franklin and Sean Clifford, you know, he's a veteran. I think he'll be able to control the environment. And I think the Penn State will find a way to come out with a dub. Uh, I'm going 2017. But, you know, shout out, yeah, 2017 Penn State. Shout out Tyler Goodson. Um, he's another, you know, an outside kid. He's the um, starting running back for Iowa. So shout out yeah. to him. Hopefully, he you know puts on the show. Yeah, that's I'm sure. He, well, I was out. I won't say I'm sure he will because, like you just said, both teams have really, really good defenses, mainly run yeah. defenses. So I don't really know. Which I guess. Honestly, it may come down to which team is able to run the ball because I think they're both averaging like less than three or four yards a carry. Like I said, both te- both teams' defenses is really good. Um, but it's, it's either, I guess, for me, it's probably either going to come down who's able to run the ball, and like you said, control the ball, or um, Clifford. Like you said, he's a veteran guy. Um, I think he – last year, I don't think he played too well against them, so he'll probably be looking for a little bit of revenge this year. Um, and like you said, they're come close. They're undefeated, undefeated again this year. They have a chance to take that next step. So, and as a veteran leadership and quarterback, you probably want to be able to do that. Um, you know, for your squad, you know, being this close, and in a year where Ohio, Ohio State still good offensively, certain, certain in certain games, but you know, defensively it's a little bit weaker. Um, you know, you're looking at chops. If you win this one, you you beat you know Ohio State a little later on, and I don't know if they play Michigan. More than likely, they play Michigan, I believe, later on. Um, Are you referring to Penn State? Yeah, yeah, I'm referring to Penn State. Not yeah, it's, it, it's not. It, it's just they're just getting started. They still got Michigan State, who's State still yeah. yep. Michigan yep. and Ohio State. So this this is just you know the first of many this tests. Is the first you know, they had, yeah, I mean they had Wisconsin first game and then Auburn, but it's it's only gonna you know the tests are only it's gonna only get good. harder. Yeah. yeah, so they still got a pretty deep, pretty tough schedule. But yeah, like I said, this is definitely the first time that they're able to go over this. I'm pretty sure it'll give them confidence moving forward. Um, you know, when they do have to face those different those other teams that, like I said, are undefeated and still in the Big Ten, um, you know, in their way in the Big Ten. So hopefully they will get it done. I think I think this is the year that they will get it done. I don't, I'm not saying, like, you know, fully, like, at least in this game. I think, you know, as Clifford gets over the hump and he beats Iowa this year. Um, and like you said, it's probably going to be low scoring. This is Big Ten football. I think somewhere in that range, I'm going to say, like, probably 23 to 20. Something like that it may come down to like a last, not last second field goal, but like a field goal with maybe some time remaining. Iowa tries to push the ball downfield, but can't. So I think that's what I'm going to go with 23 20. Damn. I like awesome. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. That's even like you said, they, they're probably both not going to, you know, they're one probably not going to run the ball as efficiently. They're probably not going to turn the ball over that much either. Um, it's probably going to be definitely be low scoring. So 23 20 sounds solid. Penn State gets the win in this one. The next game we got on the tab, Ole Miss versus Arkansas. Um, two teams coming off some pretty rough losses. Get some um, pretty – well, two of the teams that we figure more than likely are going to face off in the SEC championship at the very least, possibly even um, college football playoff or national championship if you know, things sway each other's way. But uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, um, what do you feel is going to be the outcome in this one? 
two teams coming off humbling losses, uh, to yeah, say the least. <laughs> Arkansas got ran off the field and uh, Alabama got ran off the field. They ran one of our guys uh, off the chat, you know, Walker. <laughs> we got an APB out for you. You talked about how Ole Miss's offense was so potent, but they hadn't played anybody <laughs> like Nick Saban. And they did put up numbers on Nick Saban last year so that that knowing Nick Saban, the competitor mm-hmm. he is, he was in the film room ready to lock all that stuff up. And exactly, they got a whole – they didn't look how Ole Miss looked, you know, and they got a whole bunch of garbage yards. But uh, moving on to this week, I think this will be a good game. This will be a shootout this week. You know, nobody's – they're not playing Arkansas or Alabama's defense. So, it's a total different, you know, game plan for this week. Mm-hmm. But I think these teams will put out points. Ole, uh, Ole Miss, I like what they have in Matt Crow and Lane Kiffin. They didn't play that bad in the first half, but they just couldn't execute on those early fourth down conversions and yeah. they couldn't stop Bama. So, that was really the key in the game. But I think against Arkansas, they'll be able to convert those and keep, you know, keep having those big plays that they used to have. And I know last week they had one of their top receivers being out, so that was, that was big for them as well. But I think Arkansas just got brought back down to earth. They had some good wins, you know, Texas A&M and Texas. But their big test was Georgia, and they showed they weren't ready to compete at any level. Like at any point in that game, yeah. did I feel like <laughs> Arkansas had a shot to come back or that they were blown on the same field with Georgia. So I think this week, you know, They'll have another loss, and they'll be brought back down to earth. So I, I feel like Ole Miss bounces back in their offense, uh, you know, heats back up. They're not a bad offense. I'm just talking really honestly trying to mess with Walker. They're not bad, <laughs> but they just got humbled. I don't understand why he, you know, people had expectations that they were going to go into Tuscaloosa, yeah. in Tuscaloosa yeah. and put up those type numbers. So everybody has to get humbled every once in a while. But uh, Lane Kiffin and Matt Carell will be, you know, back high-flying this week. So I got – Ole Miss in a shootout, 41, 44 to 30. Oh, damn. Pretty high scoring. Yeah, they probably run away with it at the end, get some, you know, get two TDs to push it out a little bit more. I definitely can see that. Like you said, it's just, it's good to have seen, you know, the humbling of, you know, Walker. Like you said, ADP is definitely out for him. Um, because, like you said, it, it like we understand where he's getting at, but he just started pushing it over the edge. Like, all right, bro. Like, yeah, we understand Matt Crowell. He's a good quarterback. The offense is moving. Like, we've seen it against, you know, subpar defenses. Like, you just gotta start, you know, you gotta be more self-aware. Like, yes, you're going into you're going into Tuscaloosa. You're going to face probably one of the better, one definitely the best team in the nation at the moment, and definitely one of the better defenses that Snick Staven has had. Like, yes, they had a few like, you know, games where they haven't performed like really up to par, but the only one really I can think of right now is Florida, especially this year. Like, that might be what the most points I think they've given up this year yeah. in 29. So, yeah, it's like – and I guess he looked at Florida's offense as obviously not as, you know, competent and high-flying as Ole Miss at the time. So, maybe he figured they could do something with the weapons that they had, but that just wasn't going down. That wasn't happening. And like I said, he hasn't said a word. He's barely said – well, he said a little bit afterwards, but he ain't said anything since Sunday. So yeah, that definitely is the nail the coffin. That's what I'm saying. It might be a repeat of this week. Like, I don't think yeah, Ole Miss will lose Arkansas. That. I don't think they'll lose Arkansas, but say they do. They, they lose Arkansas, and then we may talk about it later. Tennessee loses to the Jaguars. Let's go ahead and cut it out, man. Let's go ahead and cut that out. <laughs> you never know. Like, we we didn't think last week we would be in that position talking about Titans losing to the Jets, but like I said, and the Jaguars have been playing better. Like 
I, I think maybe it's, it's a discussion for later on. I was like, maybe the distraction may throw them off a little bit, but uh, they had to better. But like, anyway, Ole Miss, Arkansas, like you said, it showed from the very first snap, I think it was within the first four minutes. Like, you can see Arkansas was not supposed to be on that field. Like, they need to pack up and go home. And like you said, they, they, they've had a, they had a good first four games, good, good first four weeks of the season, first five weeks, I guess. Um, but like I said, it definitely was time to wrap it up. Uh, I think they're still searching now for a quarterback. I don't. I personally don't think they have enough offensive power to, you know, I guess compete with Ole Miss. I don't think either one of the defenses are really going to play too big of a factor, like you said. So, I'm definitely going with Ole Miss in this one as well. I don't know, 41. Uh, I don't know 41 points, but I'll go probably like 35, 21, still 14 point uh, differential, like he had as well. So. Maybe it does happen. Maybe it doesn't. I'm honestly rooting for Arkansas though, because I I would love to see Ole Miss continue. To You're trying to see a meltdown. Yeah, bro. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see something. Like I'm. I'm I want. I just want to see not be a meltdown. He might just not speak again. He might just drop out the chat. To be honest, he might just. No, it's not that. Walk the chat. Not. Hopefully it ain't. But you know, I mean, the way he was defending them, it sounded like. <laughs> it deep, but Georgia versus Auburn. Um. Like I said, Georgia just looked head and shoulders above, like head and shoulders above everybody they played at least in the last three weeks, um, for sure. Uh, Auburn played a good game last week um, against LSU. Um, I don't know. I guess they're going with the little two quarterback system thing as well. I don't know if, how successful that's going to be, but what do you think about this matchup? Um, I think it's probably going to be short and sweet. I don't think Auburn's really just like Arkansas last week. It just they're just not up to up to this task. But uh, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I might surprise you a little bit. I don't think it's going to be that short and sweet. First, Bo Nix is the guy after the performance he put on last week. I kind of, I think they kind of nipped that two-quarterback system in the bud. But yeah. this is a tough one for me. You know, Georgia's been high-flying. I've said it myself that it's Georgia and Bama and everybody else. They dominated everybody. But I just think Auburn coming off this emotional win versus um, LSU, you know, almost losing to Georgia State, not knowing who their quarterback's going to be in Bo Nix pretty much carried, not carried them completely, but he made some plays that changed the game. Mm-hmm. And I think it was emotional winning. They're going to carry that over to Saturday. Uh, they're playing at Jordan Harris. So, you know, that environment is rocking. And I know you remember a couple years ago, not a couple years ago, I'd say 2018, um, that year when Georgia played Bama mm-hmm. in, uh, in the national championship, they lost the, their yeah. only loss that season before that game was to Auburn and Jordan mm-hmm. Harris. They're undefeated. They got ran off the field. So, yeah. I know it's a different coach, not Gus Malzahn's scheme anymore, but Bo Nix, he hasn't turned over the ball this year, but if he can – well, he hasn't thrown picks, but if he can, you know, not turn over the ball and they can establish the, the running game and he can make some of those plays, off schedule plays, because you know he's going to have to. Uh, Kirby mm-hmm. Smart's going to throw those exotic looks, blitz the hell out of him. Yeah. And just have him uncomfortable all game, so he's going to have to make some of those off schedule plays. And I don't think he will make enough to win, but I think – Georgia could be on upset alert. This is one of my, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn wins, but I'm I'm picking Georgia to win 27 to my fault, 31 to 21, a 10 point win, and they pull away at the end on a, a pick six or a long breakaway, you know, touchdown run. But I have Georgia, and this game will be, I think this game will be good from start to finish. Like all, I think all four quarters will be, you know, have people in their seats watching the game. So yeah, I got Georgia by ten. Hopefully, so hold on, do they play? They play in Auburn. Yeah, it's at Auburn. Okay, all right. That that may change my mind a little bit because I was gonna say like if Georgia continues like just the, the the stretch they've been on, especially after getting healthy on offense, I don't know. Like regardless, but the one thing I I think that is a difference is what you said about um Bo Nix. I mean, he's not the 
the most mobile guy, but he definitely extends plays. And I don't think when I'm thinking about size, nah, he doesn't. I was say besides Arkansas, but not, not even him. I think this is probably the, the 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 most mobile of a quarterback they've had to face so far. But besides like well DJ, but he's not even really that mobile. And like I said, he didn't really perform. He didn't really perform that well in the first game in Clemson anyway. Like I said, yeah, they played they played Arkansas, Clemson. Some yeah, and I'm not going to count any of the other guys they really yeah, played. They yeah. didn't out to me. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. the most mobile so probably, Yeah, at least, like I said, that's able to extend plays and, like I said, make, make things happen for his team, as we saw last week and we've seen in the past. But like you said, um, it's gonna, I think, like I said, it should be an interesting game. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's close. Like I said, I'm still hoping for somebody to, to either upset Georgia or give them a little bit of, um, uneasiness coming into you know these next two three weeks when they play Florida because now we're going to need it especially after we done messed around and lost to Kentucky so um, I'm hoping it's going to be a good game like you said if if anything like I said offensively I think Auburn is able to like I said we'll hopefully be able to put together some plays put together some drives and be able to score on that Georgia defense which like I said just looked unstoppable the entire year um, but like I said challenge for Auburn is going to be stopping them offensively because, like I said, it looks like they've been rolling ever since everybody's gotten back healthy, um, and especially in the receiving core. They're, you know, even if even not, even if not with that, they got to stop the run first because you don't stop Georgia's run, then you're, you're pretty so much already done. Yeah, it's yeah, nah, the game's pretty it's much so already weird. a wrap. So that's the first thing they got to do. They got to stop the run. They don't stop the they don't stop the run. It might be over earlier than than we expect, but like I said, it is in Auburn. Hopefully, you said. That crowd, that what that twelfth man plays a little bit of a factor. Bo Nix um, has a little bit of a carryover performance from last week and keeps it close, and hopefully upsets them. Obviously, I'm not gonna go with them though. I'm still gonna go with Georgia. I think it's still gonna be like a this one's gonna be like 14, 17 point type win. It'd probably be like 31 to 14, something like that, in my opinion. I still don't think, like I said, they like you said they probably make some plays here and there, but I don't think they have enough to make in order to you know compensate for the entire game and, and pull this one out but who knows we'll see because it isn't auburn Any, anything can happen like you said two years ago pull it off a little bit of magic could happen again this year um, i mean last thing i do want to add before we move on to the next game it's a key factor that i forgot i totally forgot about i don't know why i did but jt daniels you know he didn't play last week because of the lat injury mm-hmm. and if he doesn't play it's really an upset alert type game because he looked good against UAB and last week. He only threw the ball like eleven times. He doesn't look good against top teams, though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I that's forgot really about that as well. Dang. If JT Daniels isn't playing, I might change my mind, and this is the this might definitely be one of my upsets for the week. Yeah, but I still had it being sure. close. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty thirty-one, twenty-one is close enough. I I totally forgot about that as well. Stetson did play last week. I'm over thinking JT Daniels is just automatic. You about to play, but yeah, and that. Goes to my point even more. If they're able to somehow figure out how to stop the run game, if they force Stetson to beat them with their arm, they definitely have a chance to stay within the game, at least keep it close for most of it. And who knows, one play there, two plays there, especially in a rivalry, SEC-type rivalry-type game, is a possibility, like you say, they could be on high upset alert. So who knows? Dang, I totally forgot about that. Like you just said, that's a good point. Good thing you caught that. But uh, last little uh, college football matchup we'll hit on. Before we move on is the Red River Showdown. Um, 
This one, I mean, they're always pretty good games. This year, obviously, Oklahoma's Oklahoma would rank six. I think Texas is ranked as well. I forgot where. It's either high team. 21. 21. Yeah, 21. Um, Oklahoma obviously hasn't – like, they've pulled down wins. They're undefeated, but they just haven't looked great in doing it. Like, their biggest margin of victory is against a, a school I've never heard of. I think it's with a C. And every, every every other game has been, like, within, like, seven point seven point wins or – less so what are you thinking about this matchup do you think uh you know do you think spencer rattler outperforms uh carrie thompson do you think that this is the game that they get on track and start you know maybe become more dominant start getting more dominant type wins you know in order to possibly you know push um towards the college football playoffs i don't think this is the game that OU gets back on track and the dom like and they're back to their old dominating ways because the Red River Showdown pretty much every year is it's a ball game. Last year that game was crazy. I don't know. I can't remember how many overtimes it went to, but I remember watching the game. Yeah, it was a good amount. Yeah, I, I was pretty hyped, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of either of those teams. But <laughs> uh, OU's been every game this year. They started off pretty slow. You know, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler even got threatened by his own home crowd, which is pretty crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But they they just they started off slow and you can't do that against quality teams. They haven't played an opponent that you know it's worthy that if you get down fourteen, you know they're gonna put that pressure on you, put the game away. But Texas, I mean, they're trending upwards in my opinion. Ever since Casey Thompson has took over the offense, they they mm-hmm. skyrocketed. They're put up like I think it's like five hundred yards of, or fifty points a game since he's taken over at quarterback, and they have one of the best players. In college football, I've watched three of their games, and Bijan Robinson, he's a stud. I don't even – I'm kind of like Jeff. I don't hate running backs, but I'm not, you know, amused <laughs> by them. But this yeah. dude's the player. Like, I, I see the NFL's in his future already. Uh, and I think pound for pound, he's one of the best players overall, like, in the nation. I, I'm dead serious when I say that. And I know some people already know about him, but after this weekend, mm-hmm. I think he's going to put the nation on notice. But mm-hmm. I think that this game will be a shootout. You know, mo- most teams – both teams don't – really play defense. Uh, Sarkeesian has the offense rolling. Two great offensive minds. So I just don't really see, see too much defense being played. Uh, I think it'll come yeah. down, like I say in most games, to just uh, a costly turnover or two. Uh, you know, people, are, they're going to, I say they put up maybe 100 points combined. I know it's going to probably going to be a less, but I could see something like 100 points combined, and it's going to come down to what quarterback makes that mistake. Uh, Spencer Rattler, he came in as an – uh, one question number one, you know, that's starting to fade away with some questionable performances. But I think he, uh, he'll get, he's going to get more consistent and just keep putting together quality games and getting better. So I think OU comes out on top in a thriller, and I'm going 48-45. And maybe in a perfect world, it'll be double OT, but I like to see a walk-off <laughs> field goal. So I'm going OU by three. And I think it's just a shootout. Uh, two two really good teams, not two great teams, but two really good teams. And OU, like you said, they haven't been playing well, but the rivalry games, you know how this stuff goes. Anything can happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm not hoping for no walk off field goal though. For some reason, in college, it's just way better when like some crazy shit happens at the end, like a t- like a a, a weird you no know, scramble out pass touchdown or something crazy, and then the other team try to do, do like gets the ball, tries to do the same thing and. And so you can get picked or they get close and then someone stops them at the goal line. I'm waiting for something like that, which I'm pretty sure we could be in, in for. But like you said, Texas offense has definitely um, started to surge since she's taken over. It's looked better, of course, since their loss to, to Arkansas as well, which 
at first it was looking bad, and it started to look better because they got there was AFC, but then they got thraxed by Georgia. So I don't know what it's looking like now. But all in all, like I said, they they're pretty decent team at least offensively since he's taken over defensively. Like I said, neither team plays any type of defense. Um, I don't know. I think if it stays close and gets close, I don't. I, I think Oklahoma just played too many close games to where I don't know if they'll pull this one out. Like you said, it's a Red, Red River showdown. Anything can happen. It's a rivalry. They always go back and forth. I don't know. I feel I, just because of the struggles of Oklahoma, you know, I just feel something's telling me like Texas might be able to pull this one out. Um, I really don't know why. Like maybe they said run game. That's the first thing. He said he's a stud. The guy's going to be able to run all over them. And Casey Thompson is able to throw all over them as well. It's possible. I think they're able to both put enough, uh, together enough plays in order to, to to win this game. And then Spencer Rattler, that's the quarterback that, if out of the two I had to pick, would throw you know a costly pick or make a costly turnover and then you know cost the team the game. So I don't know. Something's just telling me Texas is going to take this one this round. Um, and like I said, it's definitely going to be high scoring. I don't know if it will be in overtime or not, but – I, I definitely I'm going in the high 40s as well. I'll say like 41 to 35, um, Texas in this one. I like it. Uh, I, I'll definitely be tuned in. This is I don't think this is as good as last week. Well, last week had a lot of good ranked matchups, but they didn't end up turning out mm-hmm. to be good matchups. But this yeah. later game yeah. this week is pretty pretty good as well. Yeah, for sure. Especially because Penn State Iowa definitely I know I'm gonna be tuned in too. Like you said now. That I remember Stetson is the quarterback for Auburn or for Georgia against Auburn. That one definitely should be a lot closer as well. Um, and the Red River Showdown, like you said, you always got to tune into that one just because you never know what's going to happen. So, like you said, definitely great slate of games. Of course, we don't do pick ones for this, but I don't even know what our records was last week. I'm pretty sure we went perfect, though. It's like it's college football. You kind of kind of know. And then last week, there was, like I said, it was a lot of numbers beside names, but – a lot of more numbers beside those smaller number names um, to where it was just it just wasn't good matchups, good games. But next thing we're going to move on to is our something or nothing segment. Of course, we got to always do this. Um, let me get back to the beginning. And ooh, excuse me. First thing we got to talk about, we got to talk about something or someone that is a uh, real close to someone's team that's on this broadcast right now. Um, Mr. Urban Meyer will be the first person that we talk about today in our something or nothing. So, of course, everybody has, knows, has seen the viral video that's been going around the past week um, of him being at the bar. Don't know if it, I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, but it was, or not Sunday. I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but he, uh, he met a young lady. Um, Curled up to a young lady, uh, took a picture with the young lady, and uh, it went viral. People were saying they sent it to his wife. Everybody was talking about it the next few days, still talking about it to this day. Uh, I think he went on a press conference and apologized and everything. Uh, what, yesterday or two days ago? Saying basically that you know he didn't think about resigning. He's sorry. Won't be no mis- more distractions. All this and that. But... Something or nothing, Urban Meyer game caught up in the middle of the season as you're, you're 0-4 and you're the – like this is your first season back in the NFL as a head coach. What do you think about this, that this is your coach? 
Are you on mute? I don't. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's something. It's a little funnier than it should be, honestly. It's <laughs> my coach, but it's something. Is the leader of the team in the NFL? I know coaches sleep in the film room. They always ride back. From what I know in college, our coaches always ride back with us. Not stayed in his hometown to party or get his mind off stuff. And this this is just showing that Urban Meyer is not really ready to be, you know, that guy. There were questions coming in, some of the hires he had, some of the decisions he made. And, you know, week by week it just looks a little worse and worse. Uh <laughs> I'm pulling for him, but it's just not it's a bad look. Like he uh he's messing with a younger lady at, at his own bar where he knows people are going to have cameras out. This is social media era, so people are knows they're going to take pictures yeah, of everything. And my boy looked like he had a couple a couple drinks. He looked a little smack <laughs> in the picture on the right. So it's just not a good look. And it's a younger lady. It wasn't his wife. But, you know, some people are a little weird. I don't even want to call them weird because everybody does things their own way. People mm-hmm. are different. But they probably have a little agreement where they can see a different partner once or twice per year so. It's not that big of a deal because she did make a tweet talking to leave me alone, um, respect our privacy, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so like she was she was upset, I guess, but she's not thinking about leaving him. So it's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild situation, but it's definitely something. And like some people in the locker room were talking about they already didn't respect him. And now it's even worse. But this is a tough situation overall. He's just proven that he might be better at in college or uh, in the, not in the booth, but uh, you know, doing the Fox pregame show, but it, it's definitely something it's sad to see, but it's funny. Like th- if this was any other coach, <laughs> I'd be making jokes about it, but this is my coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, you're right. Like you said, it, it definitely wouldn't have been funny if it was Arthur Smith for me neither. I, I mean, I would laugh. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, we might possibly, we might possibly lose to the Jets upcoming week. Yeah, you can't be doing stuff like that. But like you said, it just – that could be a high possibility that, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But like you said, like they have some type of agreement, you know, whatever the case may be. They're older. They're white as well. So they could possibly, like, have something like that in place. Because maybe she, she might just be mad that it was publicly, you know, shown. Like it went viral. Like it was something that everyone saw and he has to go in and apologize and all that. Like they – if it, if it never got caught or you never got caught on camera, like obviously it probably wouldn't have been that big of a thing to neither one of them if that is something that is put in place, which hopefully is not because that's a little weird. But like you said, it's just dumb to have done it like at his own bar. Like what did you think was going to happen? Like I know people know you, you know, know that's your bar, you know, locals, whatever the case may be, but like your Urban Meyer, like they finna have a camera out. They're excited that you're there. They want to see you, you know, and to see this, like, of course they're going to get it on camera. Like, this is hands down one of the dumbest things you can possibly do. Like, it's it was just crazy to see. And, like, you know, Mo talked about it on Overreaction Monday. And everything he said, just, like, it just resonates. It, it makes perfect sense. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is really yeah, a good move. Yeah, they, they had a video of him, like, uh, he, he was wilding. There was a little video. I'm not going to... I didn't even know. see the video yet. Like, I just, I literally just saw, like, the, the pictures. Like, I didn't even want to look at the video, but I might have to, because, like, this is... I don't know how old he is. I know he's, what, pushing 60, but, like, or in his 60s, early 60s, but, like, this is a rookie move, bro. Like, I know you've been around longer 
long enough to know like you can't you go to your own bar in public space like do you not know who you are you coach for a whole nfl team like you can't be you can't just do that like you're not a normal regular civilian like and you were brought you brought a national championship to ohio state yeah like what do you if anything i know you shouldn't do this anyway because he's married but if anything like I guess bring some dancers or some strippers to your crib or something if you feel in that type of way, bro. But don't. And then the, the girl look like she's not that young. She's older than us, but she might be 30. Maybe she yeah. might be 30, maybe younger than that. So this is not the it best is, look. It's just crazy. Like rookie move, bro. And then, like I said, like just the term, like maybe it wouldn't have been blown so much out of proportion if y'all wasn't 0 and 4. Like if it was like if y'all were like maybe five hundred, maybe had a win, but for sure five hundred. I mean, it still would have been a story, but like people would been like calling for your job or whatever the case and you were like saying like just making it more of it. I mean, it is a big deal regardless. Like, but still like making you know in the sports world making more of it and continue to talk about it. Like this could go on for another like week. Like say y'all lose again, like, it can continue going. Like the memes is going to be produced. Like it's going to continue to be a thing. So. It, it, it just it was just rookie move, bro. Like that's just that's the one thing that's pissing me off. Like you can't go to your own public space, like your own bar, and think nothing was gonna happen. But that's 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 another that's another thing in itself. But next something or nothing, we got <clears throat> my fault. Next something or nothing, we have some more news that broke today. Um, no, not football related, but definitely needs to be talked about. Uh, some former NBA players. You know, committed fraud, health insurance fraud, and uh, I think 16 to 18 have been arrested so far. I don't know which two haven't been arrested, but you know, it's not super big star names, but it's like guys that we're that are recognizable that we know that we seen play that we watched growing up, like Tony Allen, Big Baby Davis, Sebastian Telford, Shannon Brown, like Tony Wooten, like all these guys. Like I know, I remember seeing them play for certain teams. It's just wild to see that. I guess that they would do something like this. Like yes, they probably like didn't make the biggest bag like some of these superstars, but they made decent money to where I didn't feel like you have to go and scam, you know, the, the NBA health, um, you know, players health, uh, you know, department, whatever the case may be, but something or nothing, obviously, I think we both agreed on last and that was something, something or nothing. What do you, what do you think about this, uh, the story today? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not on this subject. I don't, I say something, but I feel like some a lot of other people are going to think otherwise, like they're going to dive deeper into this. But uh, it's, it's something in a way, you know, people stealing money. Fraud is never the right way to go. Uh, it makes me wonder what they did with the money they made while they were playing. I know some of these guys weren't the biggest name players, but money management skills is key when you're making a lot of bread. But I mean, it's something Um, the fact that 18 players got caught up in this scheme, like, yeah. Something came out a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago that it was less than it wasn't 18 when they first brought it up, like uh, mm-hmm. when they were investigating. And then for all these names to come out, like Shannon Brown, somebody I watched, Big Baby, Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I mean, it's not too big of a deal, but they got caught and these are some former names. So it's 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 something in a way, but I don't think it'll be blown out of proportion. Yeah, I mean. Shit, they got they got arrested going. I mean, because this is not even for NBA. It's like federal. So yeah. it's like for them, for them, it's definitely something because they might be they may they facing some years possibly. Um, but I think they're gonna find a way to you know yeah do something from home or 
I, I don't know. You know, people with money always find a way to finesse. Not always, my fault. Not always. Not always. Let me stop. <laughs> Most of the time, though, if it's nothing too. These too type great. of men might not be able to be able to do that. Certain, um, it's 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 certain groups and 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 whatnot that are able to finesse their way out of certain stuff. Who knows though? Maybe you could be right. Like there's times like this story that are, you think it's huge, and it's like we don't even hear about it anymore. They brush under the rug, and it's like some settlement done back door. But yeah, to me, it's definitely something just because it just puts a bad light, like like one on these players but on the you know in a sense like a little bit on the nba like obviously like they have the health and welfare benefit plan to benefit the players that that played for the league but you know you have like i said they're not superstars and that's like not like if lebron james or you know even i guess ones that's retired Dirk Nowinski or Dwayne Wade, like people like that doing it but these some guys like people know their face like even casual NBA fan might know their face. Like Tony Allen just got his jersey retired by the Grizzlies. Like Big Baby won a championship with the Celtics. Shannon Brown won a championship with the Lakers, I believe. So like, these guys are known. Like we know their face. Like we've seen their name. We've seen them around even a little bit after basketball. So it's really crazy to see that they even needed to 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 do this, go through this. Like you said, the money management probably obviously wasn't wasn't the greatest while they was playing. And maybe even after, you know, their plan days, like they haven't invested it or used it in the correct way to where, like, they need to commit fraud. Or it could be one of those things where it's like you see an opportunity or, like, someone, like, brings something up and, and you know you can possibly get away with it. You're going to try to do it because it's going to bring more money. Like, just something stupid to where, like, you kind of know it's wrong, but it's like, all right, the opportunity's there. Someone brought it up. It sounds good. Let me pursue that. Let me pursue it. And, you know, not, nothing – Nothing like this ever lasts. So it's like they, they they unfortunately got the name caught up in it, entangled, and now they're facing years, possibly. So definitely something really sucked to see it and read it today, but also surprising. It's like just stuff just be just popping up and happening. You don't even be expecting it. Like when Mo threw it in the, in the group chat, I'm like, huh? Like it's so random. It's Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning. Like what are y'all doing? How does it even happen? But I'm I'm wondering what like the talk was at first when they all got together, like how we should yeah. pull this off. Who's, who's the inside guy? Who's the middleman? It's a lot. They said somebody's wife was in on it too. Um, I'm not surprised. Tony you Allen's, have- I think. Yeah, yeah. Because like sometimes with this type of stuff, you got to have a woman's mind behind it as well. But obviously, like I said they got caught up. Um, I forgot who was the ring leader. They said it in another article I was reading earlier, but I can't even find it right now. But I don't know jump crazy but anyway we'll move on and uh not the biggest something or nothing but it's gonna be something or nothing for me um personally so Calvin Ridley's out Russ Gage is already out just won last week against the Titans which we've talked about numerous times and probably will continue to talk about um today as well sorry Walker but the Jets have a chance to win two games in the first five games or six games no no first five games my fault and be possibly second in the AFC East. So uh, is this something or nothing? Something. Y'all lost y'all two best pass catchers. You're already struggling. The Jets, I know, like, a lot of people, I wouldn't say they're, they're not giving them enough credit for the win because they didn't have Julio or AJ, but it was they got the job done. They made plays when they needed to be made. And I think yeah, it's something, y'all. Yeah, y'all going, y'all going into London, this is a – 
got new guys that haven't been playing with the chemistry with Matt Ryan is not going to be there. Uh, this is a 9.30 kickoff. I don't even know what time that is. It was yeah, 9.30 it was, here, but what time are they kicking here, off yeah. in London? Like that, that sleep schedule just seems to be like all messed up. They went on Thursday. They went today, too, I think. I'm like, yeah, yeah you got to get accustomed to that sleep schedule. But I, they usually do that, too. But with COVID, you know, might yeah, be yeah, new restrictions. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's definitely something. I think the Jets, uh, we'll talk about it later, but uh, this might be, you know, y'all might be calling it a season after this week, my boy, but it's definitely something. Losing your best two pass catchers when the pass offense wasn't, you know, it's good to start off, but hey, this might be the Kyle Pitts breakout, breakout game. So I thought it was supposed to be that last week. I mean, he had <laughs> a few catches early on, but I don't know. I just don't know what Arthur Smith is doing, really, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Definitely, it's definitely something. I don't want to say it's something. When I put the poll up, though, I'm going to say it's nothing because we're going to win this game. I think, really, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is cursed. So it's a good thing that we're playing in London against this team because that's just a, a neutral ground. And hopefully they have enough talent to pull out this win. I'm, I can't even say that really with a straight face. Like, we lost. I can't believe I'm saying this. Isaiah Oliver, that's probably been one of our better defensive uh, backs this year um, to the whole <laughs> that's, year. Hey, that's saying and something that's really saying quick. Cause yeah, cause I was, everybody wanted to go on. I was uh, – if you – if you anybody asking me before these first three, four games this year, I said I, yeah, Oliver needs to be dumped. He needs to be dragged. I've been, I've been saying that for like two years, but he, he definitely picked up. He just – I guess he was just playing in the wrong spot. I don't think he was outside corner. They put him inside. They put him at safety a little bit, and he's, he's been probably one of our better defensive backs. Um, but he's out for the year. Obviously, our two best cat pass catchers are out for the year. Um, our offensive line is still makeshift. We can't really run the ball that well. But like I said, maybe this could be a possible pick-me-up game. It's a neutral site. I think they play better when they're not playing at Mercedes-Benz. I mean, they played decent last week, but they just don't know how to finish. Like, it just be weird stuff that happens, and we just lose games at Mercedes-Benz. Like I said, it's cursed. It's built on grounds it wasn't supposed to be built on. It's probably why we losing games. We're gonna be losing there for a while. So, but I'm gonna say that we still win this game. I know we're gonna do our pickups later. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna go as far as say we're gonna lose to the Jets. But if we do lose to the Jets, I'm gonna be looking like Walker. I'm gonna be out of the group chat and out of just anything. No overreaction Monday. No nothing for me. I'm gonna just take a seat. Take a seat for the year. Honestly, I'm glad basketball season coming up because if they lose to the Jets, I'm over with. I probably won't. I probably would maybe watch one or two other Falcons games, but I ain't watching no more. But you're pretty lucky it. too because you usually have nothing to look forward to a basketball season. But oh, yeah, true. How the change? So, I mean, even when they were losing, I still had a little bit to look forward to, at least like I said, well, the first two years or first year or two when they were still losing with Trey. But I mean, that one year of COVID knocked everything out, it sucked. But yeah, like you said, we definitely got a little bit to look forward to, even if not with them, just in general, just watching other teams because yeah, I ain't gonna let the Falcons you know ruin my health no more. But they definitely got to get this one against the Jets. If they do, uh, all hell going to break loose, especially Atlanta. Like, I don't know how Tennessee fans are, but, you know, Atlanta fans just aren't – they're not loyal. They're real wishy-washy. They just – Most definitely. They, they, they calling for people's jobs immediately. They have like, to just, they just Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They just, they just, they just be the there. They just be there. But that's another conversation for another day. Um. Next thing, of course, we always got to show our guy Jeff some love. We love to hit on his power rankings. On the left, we got week four. On the right, we got week five. few changes. The most notable one is the Cardinals at one now after beating the Rams, who we had as number one last week. 
Um, of course, get you take a quick little scan over it. But uh, of course, I'm gonna ask you, who do you agree with? Who do you not agree with? Some spots that certain teams may not may shouldn't may shouldn't be at higher or lower, whatever the case may be. Um, I think the only the one that someone said or pointed out to me, it's only a few spots difference, but like the the Bears and the Vikings, but also like I said, like the Vikings have had a tough start or a tough schedule to begin the year. Like where they played the Cardinals, they played the Browns, they played um, Seattle, which is their only win, and they played another possible playoff team. Oh no, no, no they lost to the Bengals. But I mean, the Bengals are three and one as well. But I think they're probably one of the worst three and one teams. So, looking at it real quick, who do you think uh, is too high? Who's too low? Not to say about this one. I, I don't. Uh, I think the I think the Steelers should be a little bit lower. I think they're completely done. I know them being lower than twenty five is like maybe dragging them, but they just look completely done. Their defense can't. Yeah, their defense was strong. They can't hold they can't up. They're, they're good, but they they get tired every single game because their mm-hmm. offense can't establish any drives. I like the Cardinals at one. They completely dominated the Rams. Mm-hmm. I know the Chiefs are two and two, but I'm not I'm not hearing any of that. They beat the Browns <laughs> head to head. Like just in general, with everybody having the Chiefs out of the top ten. I know you got to go by records and stuff. Some for the most part, but they beat the Browns. They'll watch the Cowboys. They won't watch. They play this year, so let me stop. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's the Chiefs. I'm not until somebody beats them when it counts consecutively. Like if the somebody does it again, I, you know, I believe it. But for now, they need to be in the yeah. top. Yeah, the other two losses: a one point loss against the Ravens, and then you know, a few minutes left. But last, not even last, kind of a last second loss to the Chargers that actually looked pretty good. Like he got them at nine as well in front of them, and then three and one. Um, um, I mean, Chiefs are at ten. I don't know. I can I, I see the way he does them. I see why they're there. So yeah, I, okay. I do think the Colts are too low. I think they're turning upwards. I know they got their first win, but playing the Titans, the Rams, and the Seahawks for your first three games is sweet for anybody. And I could see more than half of the league being zero three there. The Broncos, I like them at eighteen. I see what Jeff's doing there. Uh, you know, they lost their first game. Drew Lock is going to be the quarterback. They're losing guys left and right, and I just see. You know, they started off with an easy schedule, so I see them trending downwards quickly. It's not too much to talk about. Like, next time we do an episode, I'm going to sit them down and look at every single thing. But, for, like, as of right now, I don't see too much, you know, t- that I'm – That you disagree with. just completely. Yeah, that I disagree with. Yeah, just yeah. – I don't – the Cowboys get a lot of love, but they're playing better. Like, you know, we always say that sometimes they say – we say they look really good and then they start playing like mm-hmm. the Cowboys – Mm-hmm. But they, they got a couple more quality matchups, you know, on the schedule. So we'll know yeah. deeper down in the season. Yeah. The only one I remember, I think Kenneth said in the chat, he was like, we can agree that the Titans should be 32 instead, something like that. Like, they're sitting at 15. But Wow, they were at seven. He had them at seven yeah. the week before. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Ah, my fault. Before you go, bro. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with them dropping that much. If you're a quarterback and you lose your two best receivers and those two best receivers are arguably top 10, top 15 in the league, like minimum, both of them are not out of the top 10 or tip top 15. And you lose them and you're playing with practice squad guys and guys you don't really throw the ball to. Cause you know, the Titans run a lot of 12 personnel. So they'll just have two receivers on the field. So those other guys aren't getting a lot of runs. So I just think that affected it a lot, but I'm not, 
that big of a believer in Ryan Tannehill like uh, some people yeah. are in that work. So I wouldn't expect him to get the job done without all that help anyway. But yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> once they get Julio and uh, Julio and AJ back, I don't. I'm not buying them dropping eight spots in one week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the NFL is hard to win. So, you know, teams are when teams don't have a win, they're hungry to get a win. So I wasn't overly surprised by the Jets, you know, pulling that upset off. You ain't pick them in the pickums though. No, nah, I didn't, but this would be all... I just didn't trust <laughs> that. Like, I've been saying it, bro. I'm about if I'm wrong, I'm wrong from now on. It is what it is, bro. Yeah, I think everything else is pretty much set in place. Like yeah, I I'm fine with the. I mean, they may eventually move back. Like I said, they they get one good win, one dominant win, or they continue to trend upwards when everybody gets healthy. Like I'm sure they'll move up, but I agree with the drive just because. Like, yeah, they are the Jets, but and I agree with your, your sentiment too. Like, yeah, they are the Jets, but it's still NFL, still NFL team. Um, and I think they was playing away. So, like I said, Jets was hungry. They wanted to win. They saw you know a, a beat up Titans team and felt like they can they could make a move, but. At the same time, if you're supposed to win the AFC South, you're supposed to be, you know, coming in possibly top two, top three in the AFC. You can't lose to the Jets. You just can't do that. Other than that, I think everybody's everybody else is straight. I don't see any crazy, crazy movement or crazy team that should be that isn't where they're supposed to be. So I think everything's in place. Maybe the Eagles a little, like I said, maybe the Colts in front of the Eagles, something like that, like little 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 spots, little movements. But other than that, I think everything is pretty much in in, in place. Good job, Jeff, as always doing it. Uh, yeah, good job. Um, next thing, of course, want to hit on first quarter report. Um, of course, we concluded first four games of the year. Um, you know, some surprise teams, some disappointing teams. Um, a lot of people playing up to expectations. A lot of people not. Uh, but first quarter report, I guess overall, you can start this first quarter report. What you think on certain teams, what you think about the first four games in general across the league, and then uh, we'll pick uh, teams that are underachieving or a team that's underachieving, overachieving, and maybe a surprise team, both good and bad. Uh, first off, I'll start off with the you know, just the overall NFL season, the first four weeks. It's been an exciting season, you know. Of course, football is my favorite sport, but I, I love the NFL over college, so. I'm tuning in on Sundays. This season's been exciting. It's always uh, upsets, a lot of action-packed games, and just it's what I look for. I'm I'm glad to see you know fans back in the stands. All the fake crowd noise was nice, but I'm really ready to see you know like the the real reaction of the fans. Uh, it's great for football and great for TV too, and just uh, everything I expected. I'm ready. You know, this is really the best part to me of the of the sports. I guess, you know, whatever you want to the sports season, the sports year, like the play, MLB playoffs start, the Braves play tomorrow, mm-hmm. NBA starting up soon, and NFL is just getting started. So best time of the year, uh, ready to just see, you know, teams make that midseason uh, push, what teams are for real, what teams are fake news, and we'll know a lot. You know, like I said earlier in episodes in the past, uh, around week four to five is when we start figuring out who teams really are. So just excited to see more upsets, more um, – more changes in the league and more teams emerging as contenders and pretenders, like you said. How do you feel, though, about the NFL season thus far? Same as well. I mean, even though I haven't been to one of my Falcons games, and I don't know if I will go, especially if we lose to the Jets. 
Um, like you say, just seeing, seeing one, seeing crowds, seeing people back um, in the stadium, seeing people, you know, in, enjoy the game. Like you said, make an impact as well. Like we've seen certain games, like the crowd has definitely made an impact, both in college and in NFL, honestly. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I think the start to this year has been definitely, like I said, surprising with certain teams. Um, you know, we had question marks about them, especially like ones like the Panthers. Like we'll probably talk about them in this little first quarter report. But uh, a lot of people like had them like definitely being improving, did but didn't know how much they would improve, how much they could improve, like and where they would like fare in the NFC South or just NFL as a whole. And they've played. It looked like they was gonna get ran off the field by the Cowboys, but you know, Sam Darnold fought back. Um, you know, played well and got his team back in the game. Um, uh, close, close enough to where they possibly could have made a move, but. No, outside of that, like the trades that they made, like their that quarterback room is definitely one that's not going to be to be played with when everybody's healthy and we're, and ready to go. But yeah, like overall, I think like I said, it's a it's been a really good start to the year. Like it's really unpredictable in, in a sense to me at this point because like no one would have thought the card, or at least me, I didn't think the Cardinals were going to be you know number one in the NFC West at this point. I thought you know even though they were a good team, I thought they were going to be the bottom of the division. Um, but you know it's not that. They're four and zero right now, and like I said, there's other teams that we see struggling a little bit. Don't have worries about them too much, but you know, Kansas City two and two. You don't typically see them lose two of the first four games, so definitely like I said, just overall, a lot of talent, a lot of good games, a lot of unpredictability at this point. Like I don't think anybody would have had certain teams being at the record that they are at, at the moment. So I like it. I like that unpredictability though. Like I, no one, everybody just coming in like, oh, it's gonna be. Repeat of last year is going to be Kansas City versus the Bucks. Like, nah, I can very well see. Obviously, like a lot of people are high on the Rams as well. I think I picked them to go um, to the Super Bowl and play probably Kansas City. But who knows? Even Green Bay, everybody was so down on Green Bay after that first loss against uh, the Saints. But like now, they've quietly won three in a row and they're looking better each and every week. So there's a lot of teams that can possibly vie for spots in both conferences. So I think it's it's been a really good year and I think it's going to continue to be a really good year. But, uh, like I said, we'll hit on, like I said, one team maybe in particular that you think has overachieved in what you thought from the beginning of the uh, season. I, From my one overachiever, I go with the Raiders. Coming into the season, everybody pretty much had them bottom lap. Yeah, bottom. I'd say, yeah, last for sure in the a top. I, I crowded AFC West. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be good. They they started letting go yeah. of their offensive lineman, which was their strongest position group for the most part. Uh, they their secondary was not good at all. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They added Ngakwe, but I didn't know if that make a big change. And mm-hmm. they've you know without a run game, they've been able to protect Derek Carr. Some I mean he gets hit sometimes, but they've been able to air the ball out. Uh, they play defense. They this is the most pass rush that they've generated in some years uh, since before yeah, they traded away for Lil Max. So that's a big thing. And I just – the way they came out, I know they started out – they had their first loss this week, but they showed some fight being down 21 to the Chargers and coming back, showing that they can compete. And starting off the year – you know, Pittsburgh is not what we thought they were, but they mm-hmm. started off the year beating Baltimore. Starting off the year undefeated just in general, showing resilience uh, in the comeback versus Miami. And just they, – they surprised me. I expected them to be – at this point, one and three, maybe zero oh and four, and I only had them winning uh, five games. So they've proved me wrong overall, mm-hmm. and they've just they've overachieved with the roster that I that I didn't think was up to par. So shout out to uh, John Gruden and the rest of that staff for getting his guys ready to play. 
But that's my yeah. uh, overachiever for the first quarter. What about your underachiever? Underachiever for me, this might uh, – I had – I had two teams. This was a tough one. I had the Giants and the Dolphins, but I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. They had a lot of a lot of playoff expectations, you know, trending upwards after last season, that defense being dominant with them having two, I'd say nah, I can't put Byron Jones up there. I was gonna say two top seven corners, but a, a quality tandem of corners and a great uh young defensive minded coach. I just saw them trending upwards. They made a lot of plays last year, led the league in turnovers for the most part of the year. And the big question was, you know, quarterback, quarterback. With two being hurt, it's just, it's tough. I didn't expect them to be one and three. And just the way their defense is looking like, I had money on that Colts game last week. So I was tuned in. They just got completely uh, dominated yeah. from start to finish. And I'm just surprised at how they looked. And then New England, they haven't looked as good as people thought they were going to look, but I still think they're going to be there to compete. And I just feel like Miami's not. Like, they really should be 0-4. They're a Damian Harris fumble away from being 0-4. So, they just haven't played up to par. And I just feel like they're not where everybody – well, not where I thought they would be. And I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they'll make the playoffs for sure this year. Yeah. So, it's just – it's disappointing. I know they had a lot of expectations. And, you know, the owner wanted to make that big move and get Deshaun Watson. But, hey, they got draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ready to yeah. go. I know this quarterback draft's not the best in some people's eyes, but – they got draft capital to make some moves for sure, if anything. So um, biggest disappointment and biggest underachiever is the Dolphins for me. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, you know, especially unfortunately. Fortunately, I said we, we don't know if it would have swayed a different way if Tua doesn't go down. You know, I don't know how how much of an upgrade that is from Jacob Jacob Brissett, I think, or Jacoby Brissett. I think it probably is, but who knows. But definitely, even with him – going down like you said that you would figure like their defense would be able to maybe keep them in some of the games but who knows like you say they're definitely trending down my overachiever i don't know with the, with the raiders i'm still waiting on them to they'll fold at some point i've seen it too many times or at least the past what two three seasons or past two out of three seasons mm-hmm. like they'll fold eventually so I'm still waiting on that. But I think I had them win like six games too. But like I said, kudos to them for pulling out the games that they did win. Mine is right now, even though, you know, it, their wins have come against teams that aren't really that good. Definitely the Bengals. Um, I know they did make a lot of moves in order to shore up that offensive line, but I didn't think it would be great quality moves to where it like helped improve them as much as it did to, you know, for Joe Burrow to get um, a little bit more time in the pocket. And like I said, I guess it doesn't hurt. You know, drafting Jamar Chase, obviously everybody wanted them to get Swell because obviously they had offensive line issues all year last year, which is the reason why Joe Burrow even got hurt in the first place. But, you know, got him his pass-catching weapon that he wanted, Um, you know, put a capable offensive line together, decent defense together to where they can keep him in games as well. But, like I said, they haven't really played anybody. The best team that they've played at this point would probably be the Vikings. Record-wise, it's the Bears, but – Overall, probably the Vikings, and even that's a stretch to say because I don't even you know, think they're that great of a team. Um, they got a lot of names, especially on the offensive end, but defensively they still have struggled because um, they've gotten older, and then I don't think we've placed the necessary people that they needed to, especially on that deep salon. But um, I think they've overachieved definitely. Um, I didn't expect them to be beating certain of the teams that they are, that they have, but some of the teams that they have been also like have their own struggles in it in itself, which is obviously the Steelers. Bears may be trending upward now that Justin Fields is going to be a starter. He seems a little bit more comfable, had a better 
uh, game this past week. But yeah, like I said, Bengals, I guess for right now, they're overachievers. I think they can continue to build on the success that they have had. And maybe that helps them in these bigger games that they're coming up, that's going to be facing them coming up, which is obviously in the division against the Ravens and the Browns. Well, shit, even this weekend, they played the Packers. Definitely don't think they're going to win. But yeah, I was going to say, it's a definitely a test. They keep it close and, and compete, then it, it, like I said, may, my overachievers that may continue to show that like I said, it's true and it's proof. But definitely they're my overachievers, underachievers. I can definitely agree with the Dolphins one. Um, Steelers would be the easy choice um, for me to just pick and pick on. I, I don't think they're any better or that much better with Dwayne Haskins, but I also don't think it hurts to try because – Big Ben just doesn't isn't isn't doing it for that offense, and like I said, that defense is on the field too long, um, and they're just not able to, like I said, stop anybody because they have to be out there literally the whole game. Um, like I said their run game still hasn't really improved that much. The offensive line they didn't sign any of the the guys back that they obviously needed to um, to one protect Ben Big Ben's old ass and then block for their newly uh, drafted running back. So. I don't know. They're definitely underachievers. I figured they weren't going to really be that that great anyway, but I didn't think they would be worse than the Bengals. So um, definitely an over, underachiever there. And then it's just probably personal underachieving. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't think we're <laughs> going to be anything better than one and three at this point. I think they definitely have a shot that have been two and two, maybe even three and two. Oh boy! But I think I'm. I'm it's not even unachieving by the team. Well, it is unachieving by the team. It's like certain players as well. It's like certain star players. Like Deion Jones, I feel like hasn't played that great. Um, I'm disappointed in Arthur Smith's way of offense. Like we, he has to realize and he has to wake up sooner than later. Like we don't, we can't run the ball. We have to pass the ball to the guys that we have drafted and we've brought in. Give the ball to Hayden Hurst. Give the ball to Kyle Pitts. Calvin really when he was. In the lineup, even though he was dropping balls last week, but we got to tailor the offense more to who we got on the team. We can't be just doing the same shit that we're doing. So I'm just, I'm, he's underachieving as a coach right now, even though he's in his first year. I know he doesn't have much to work with, but I think he's had opportunities and chances, especially with the first few games that we've played. Like we're playing Tyler, we're playing Taylor Heineke and freaking Jalen Hurts. Like the only game that I can understand is the Bucks, and that's probably the best game that we played. Like as a whole, like all like team wise, you know. Unfortunately, Matt threw us two interceptions, but whatever the case may be, um, we're gonna move on from that. Other than that, I think, um, like you said, Dolphins definitely won. I don't think the Patriots really have, are underachieving. I don't. You said them right? <clears throat> no. Oh, okay. I thought you said the Patriots as well. No, nah, I mean I feel like they've they've done what they've were expected to, especially after naming Matt Jones a quarterback. But, um. One surprise team as well, like that you like either I guess it could be good or bad, like just surprise. Like you could you saw them like being decent, they could have been good, but like oh, they took the next step or the reverse way. Like I can see them being good or competent, like they're probably middle of the pack, but they're just not even close. Okay, for you know, on the rise, who surprised me? I'm gonna go with the Cardinals and for the team that, you know, I expected them to take off and they're they're not taking off, for me would be the um the Giants. I, I I know I was like the odd man out for the most part with the Giants. I'm gonna start off with them, but I just feel like all those offense 
acquisitions they made in the offseason on offense and on defense was going to pay dividends. Joe Judge, I from what I saw, the players were bought in. And, you know, that's big with the coach when they're buying in. And they didn't have the best record, but they were trending upwards, playing good football. They caught a little win streak to end the season. Um, getting Saquon back, adding Kenny Galladay, adding Adore Jackson, you know, Kadarius Tony, who they're finally starting to use a little bit and they see what he's mm-hmm. doing. Like, I just expect them to make some noise and then in a very weak division and their defense played lights out last year. And I was just thinking that they were going to be able to, you know, and I was more of a fan than other people were uh, than uh, with Danny Dimes. So it was like, you know, I think he's going to get it together to cut down on the turnovers like he has and stuff was going to change, but it just hasn't, it's not even them playing really bad. Honestly, I'm not even that disappointed in them. It's just their way to close games like that. Jumping off sides, that's mental. And then the other two games that they lost, they had a lead in. So it's like, I mean, the only game I think they should have lost for sure was the first game versus the Broncos. But mm-hmm. it's a lot of close games, you got to figure out and find ways to win, which the good teams do. So, you know, as of now, I'm a little disappointed. But going into the season, I thought that the Giants would be head and shoulders over everybody in the NFC East. But, you know, that's not the case. And for my team that surprised me, the Cardinals, We I remember when we had the NFC show, Moe's a little heated because we were talking about, like, Russell Wilson's finally going to be, you know, fall off in that division, be the last place team in the division. Yeah. And I, I put the Cardinals in front of them, you know, like, second-guessing myself. But I always <laughs> thought they had the talent, and it just seems like they've taken off. Like, yeah. The amount of weapons they have, I remember bringing up how Rondell Moore was going to be a you know a key weapon, and some people thought that he was going to be just like a gadget guy, but he's he's mm-hmm. he's making plays all over the field, and they the hops not even being fully utilized at the mm-hmm. moment. So yeah, this exactly. like this this offense is scary when Kyler can look four or five different ways and feel comfortable, even six. You know he has a slightly competent tight end and uh, Max Williams, AJ mm-hmm. Green's coming back, not coming back to life, but playing quality ball. Uh, it's just tough, man. Like this, and then Kyler, like you have to account for everything. You have to account for every receiver, and then you have to account for another, basically another running back in the run game. Like that third and 16 play he picked up where they sent a blitz, and he literally just like hit the uh, linebacker with a little stutter step and just beat him to the corner. It was just like ridiculous. Like his D coordinator, that's a play where you just throw your clipboard. Like I, I can't do nothing about it. I put a spy on the man. He outran my spy. Like there's nothing you can do. So. As long as Kyler keeps playing the way he's playing. And then one other thing I want to add, you know, like their defense is playing lights, not lights out, but playing good enough. The Rams offense only scored. I can't I remember how many points they played, but for the most part, you know, they, mm-hmm. they stopped them on consecutive drives to where they were up almost 20 points. So yeah, uh, Isaiah Simmons coming on strong after not playing that much to start off his rookie years. Avon Collins is going to be back in the mix soon. Byron Murphy's made plays week after week. Um, he looked good in that number seven. Buda Baker, we know who Buda Baker is. And then, you know, the uh, the addition of J.J. Watt has helped, I think, in the locker room as a veteran presence. So just yeah. I'm excited from what I'm seeing from the Cardinals. They've I thought they were going to be good, but I didn't know. I really – the only thing that I thought that was holding them back was the division that they were in. And they said, forget that as of now, you know, <laughs> we're the top dog. And these yeah. guys are ready to play. And I see them – I mean, it's hard to say because there's so many good teams in the league, but I see them being a contender um, in this tough NFC. And – I'm just interested to see at the end of this season, like who's the odd team out, the team that doesn't make the playoffs, that deserves to make the playoffs. So I'm all for it. But yeah, the team I'm, you know, my my contender is the Cardinals for sure. Yeah, I can see that as well. That was going to be mine. Like they they definitely surprised me because I had them still like a good team, like because I knew they were good, but it's like that division. 
I didn't expect Seattle's defense to be as trash as they are. Um, which I said we'll talk about them in a second uh, coming up. But I don't know. Like, yeah, they you just say they just said for, forget what division we in. Like, we got the pieces to make this work on both sides of the ball. Honestly, um, all it really took was just putting it together. Like, especially that defense. Like that defense is like I said, slowly growing. They got the pieces. They got really good players. Um, like I said, from the back end all the way up to the front. So, like I said, they just said forget the division. Like we just going. We just. We got we gotta play. We gotta play ball, and that's what they've been doing. Like I said, they we showed they showed it against the Rams, Vikings, everybody, even games that they were down, even games when we thought they was gonna lose to your team, you know, fought back. Unfortunately, it could have maybe been avoided, like, you know, with with uh, that T Law pick. Probably that flea flicker, I'm sure they want that back. Who knows? That might have changed the course of the game. But like I said they've fought, they've grind grind it and they're four and right now at the top of the division. So they definitely surprised me. Um other than them, I think – I don't know if it's like a super, super surprise. Like, they still – like, they're okay. They still got a lot of things to work on and, and fix. But the Chargers, I really like Justin Herbert. I really like how, like I said, the, that offense. I like Brandon Stolle as a coach, too. Like, I didn't know, like, how that really worked. I didn't know if that was like – I mean, I didn't know too much about him in the beginning. But I was like, I don't know if that's like the right guy, the right move, especially – um, other coaches that we thought might possibly get head coaching, you know, opportunities, but smart dude. And I like the way he got that offense running. And like I said, defense, Darren James just came back. He's looked, he's looked great. Asante Samuels showing that he's going to be a really good, up and promising DBU. Exactly. Oh, forgot FSU. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's it, a little bit. I guess you guys do got a decent ones. Jalen Ramsey, him. So, yeah. You got Derwin too. Yeah. Oh, Darwin did go there, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, he got him. He has them playing really good ball, and they just got two back-to-back division wins. You know that it, that division could be theirs. Like they, so they they showed the Raiders, like all right, you guys aren't up to par. Got a nice win over you know Kansas City, that's been the top dog there the past few years. They've been trucking ahead, and I knew they would be definitely improved. Would be pretty good. Um, and I even had them, of course, like even second in the division behind. Um. Kansas, Kansas City, but like a clo- closer to the Broncos than to uh, to Kansas City. But like I said, they they surprised. They've been playing well. Justin Herbert showing he doesn't have any sophomore slump in them. And like I said, they they look like they're going to be a pretty good team and one to rec- be reckoned with in the division or in the AFC in general. So definitely a surprise team for me. But uh, hitting on week five, game just kicked off not too long ago. Um, I don't think our picks are going to change at all. I think we kind of already had preconceived you know, thoughts on this game and picks anyway, but just a quick preview. Um, you know, what you think about this matchup and I spell Seahawks wrong, but what you think about this matchup and who you think will come out on top? I guess this will be the, obviously our first pick. One of the best, uh, probably the best Thursday night football game of the year. Yeah. But a battle of heavyweights in a way, I still think, you know, the Seahawks are heavyweight. They showed last week. I said it going into the, going into the game, like don't, just because the Seahawks are one and two, don't that doesn't mean anything. Like those are two yeah. good teams they lost to, the, and it's that's rush back there. So don't don't sleep. But <laughs> a division matchup. Um, I know Seattle has a bitter taste in their mouth, especially the way the game ended last year with them getting like dominated completely from start to finish. But I think that you know it's going to be a tough matchup because two teams coming off two different performances. Um, the Rams got dominated, and the Seahawks you know, bounce back in a nice way against a division foe. 
So I'm just – I don't really have too many keys to victory for this game. I just think that if the if Matthew Stafford bounces back and plays better than he did last week, the Rams will figure it out because the Seahawks' defense is terrible. And Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are too good to, you know, be able to – for them to be able to be stopped for four quarters by that uh, average below-average defense. And I think that the D-line, just how they did in the wildcard matchup last year, will pressure uh, Russ and give him, you know, hell all day. Uh, you know how Jalen Ramsey matches up with DK. So mm-hmm. the key will be, you know, they're losing John Johnson and – um. Jeez, uh, Troy Hill, yeah. who's going to be that guy that covers Tyler Lockett. So that'll be the key. Whoever, I'm pretty sure they won't man too many people up on him, though, you know, run zone for the most part. But I think the biggest key to victory will be slowing down Tyler Lockett and just, you know, continuing to pressure us all game, how they did in the wild card matchup. Uh, I don't think he's going to turn over the ball too much, but just getting those key third down stops and getting off the field when you need to be and getting the ball back in your offense's hands will, you know be the key to victory. Because I just don't think the Rams offense will be able to be stopped for that long. I just like maybe yeah. it's a, you know, somewhat low scoring or they start off slow. But once that, once third quarter hits or, you know, that first drive coming out of half, I think they'll be able to get it together. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rams in a matchup. I know it's weird to see, say the Seahawks are going to be two and three. And I think if I'm not mistaken, they'd be starting off on two at home, which is not normal for them. But I'm going with the Rams 28 to um, I'm sorry, 31 to 24 in a close mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with the Rams in this one as well. Um, I'm still, like you said, high on the Seahawks too. I think like I, I like Russ. Um, like I said, and everything he's done for done for that organization. I think if you got Russ and you got, like I said, those pass catching weapons that he does have in Lockett and DK, like you're still set. You're still in pretty good standing. But like you said, that defense definitely needs some work. They're Probably, yeah, I would say this year they're definitely like worse than last year, but they definitely have been trending down ever since probably like when their Super Bowl lost to the second, the second one. So they've been, they've been trending down. They've been getting older. Obviously, they've been getting rid of certain people, just haven't found, you know, that right mix uh, of guys and veterans. And I guess really haven't drafted any either. Like, you know, got Jamal Adams last year and felt like he would make a big presence in that secondary, but and still have what Shaquille Griffith, I believe, but. Just really hasn't done anything for them. Like it, it, they're not, they're just not good. They lost what KJ Wright started Bobby Wagner, but defensive line haven't really had much pressure. I know they you know, made that trade for Carl or Dunlap last year. He's still there, right? Uh, if he's still honestly, if he's still there, I haven't. I think that was. Yeah, a, I, was I think that was just a you know uh, he wanted to get out of Cincy at that yeah, time. I don't think they and Shaquille yeah. Griffin's with us. I meant to correct. Oh yeah, that. he did. He did. Yeah. They even worse in the back end. Yeah. So they really have nobody, to be honest, <laughs> on that defense. So besides Jamal and Bobby Wagner, but they can't do it all themselves. It's nine other guys. So, like you said, that Rams office has been just too potent. Obviously, with Matthew Stafford now quarterback, um, and the pass catchers that they got in Woods, Cup, um, Higby, um, Van Jefferson, like they got guys all over the field as well. I can make plays even a few out of the backfield with Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. Like if you know if their numbers are called, I'm sure they can make a big play here and there. But definitely um feel like their offense is probably head and sh- obviously head and shoulders above Seahawks defense. And obviously if it came down to it, I would bet on the Rams being able to put a stop or two together, even with being um injured in the secondary um against the rest in the in the Seahawks. So 
like you said, I think it's definitely still going to be a close game. Um, I believe this one's being played in Seattle, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's being played in Seattle. So that 12 minutes sometimes does make make a difference, brings out an effect. And, you know, the Rams are coming off a loss. I'm pretty sure they're hungry. It's a it's another divisional game, and they want to get back in the win column um, and, you know, push to hopefully, you know, what they feel like would be an NFC West title. But, you know, Seahawks, they're not going to roll over and lay down. I think the Rams still definitely going to take this one. It may be like a last-second field goal or last-second drive by Matthew Stafford. Um, but definitely feel like he's uh he should he should um pull this one out. I'm gonna say they'll get them back on track and then Seahawks will uh excuse me. Seahawks will be at two and three. So um next I guess we're gonna move on to our NFL pick'ems. Like I said, because this game is in full effect. We'll watch it right afterwards. But we already started off with our pick'ems. Both of us I know have went with the Rams in this one. Um but before we do do our pick'ems Got to show the results from last week. I had a terrible week last week. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what I did the previous two weeks. Which was Hopefully, I caught up. And four. Yeah, no, nah, you're. Uh, we're definitely tied right okay. now. I had an okay. A and week. It, you had a big week. Um, because last week was the most difference of games that we had. Like we, yeah. I mean, typically, we would have differences, maybe like two or three, but we would like flip-flop wins and losses. Like last week, it just wasn't that at all. Like I, I went with underdogs, and they were ones I definitely should have went with. Like I went with the, the Lions on one. I went with the Dolphins on one. Like I was just – Hey, you got to be bold with this NFL stuff, though, so. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the only – I mean, the first few weeks I kept it safe. Last week I did take a chance. I stepped out a little bit, took a chance um, on some teams that I felt like could pull out some wins, but they, they did me wrong, so – not going to do that again this week, especially now that it's tied up. But here are the games on slate. We both went with the Rams. Who do you have for the rest of the matchups for uh, week five? All righty. With the Jets, the London game, 930 kickoff. I have the Jets only because I was going to go with the hometown team, low-key hometown team, but <laughs> without their best weapons. And I just don't think they're – you know, the Jets are feeling themselves a little bit after that win. Zach Wilson's going to continue to play well. They're going to make him – not look like some people say what he is. You know, he's not a buzz, but some people think he's a buzz. And he's going to continue to not look like a buzz versus you guys. So I got Jets in that one. This is a tough one because we just talked about it. You know, Cincinnati compl- finally having their real test game, I th- I'd say. They're winning Pittsburgh was good, but Pittsburgh's not that good. So Green Bay, tough tough matchup. I'm going with Green Bay, though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I'm going with Minnesota versus Detroit. Detroit is Detroit. This is a tough one. You know, Denver and Pittsburgh, Drew Locke taking over the reins. Pittsburgh has been struggling really bad. And, you know, everybody's talking about Big Ben. Should he retire now? Should, should they move on? So I think he bounces back this week. And I have Pittsburgh at home. You know, so Denver drops two straight. Yes, sir. Tampa and Miami, the battle of the two Florida teams. I'm sorry, Miami is not trending well. I'm going with Tampa. This is another close. This is a good one for me too. Washington and New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington's defense hasn't played up to par. Heineke, you know, kind of won the game for him last week with some play with some really good plays. New Orleans is flip floppy. Like they they beat the Packers in the past, but they lose to the Giants at home in their home opener. So it, it it's a tough one. I'm gonna 
I hate doing I can't even do it anymore. I want to say New Orleans, but I, I think the Washington's defense gets back on track. They finally play mm-hmm. up the part and they give Jameis a long day. So I'm going with Washington. Uh, Carolina, Philly. I got Carolina. I'm moving quick. I know I don't want to be too disrespectful, but I think that Philly is just not the best team. Like I said, that week one game gets blown out of proportion, and the Chiefs' defense is awful, so they put up points, and I don't even mm-hmm. think they made them punt. But Carolina's defense is a yeah, different breed. I know that. I know that Dallas, you know, kind of ran over them and stuff, but they still had they had some flashes during the game to let me know that they're still a pretty solid defense. Tennessee and Jacksonville, I want to go with my guys, but we can't finish right now. I will, you know, on air, I'm going with Tennessee right now, but if Julio and AJ don't play, I will be texting Jelani to change my pick. But as, yeah. as of now, I'm going with Tennessee. New England, Houston. New England, because uh, my boy David Smith is going to have another long day. Chicago <laughs> and Vegas. I'm going to go with Vegas. I don't think Chicago's ready yet, but I do think Justin Fields has a good day for some odd reason. I don't know why, but um, he's going to have a good day. And Khalil Mack, in his return to the uh, Raiders, he's going to – I see two or three sacks in store. But I think that Derek Carr with a late, you know, a little last-second drive finds a way to win this game. Uh, Another good game, but – this is the difference. We're going to show who's a franchise quarterback and who's, you know, mm-hmm. just a game manager. I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, Herbert will show Baker why he's not that guy. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Dallas in this one. This might be a trap game, though, because, like I said, the Giants, even though they're one and three, I expect them to be better, and they've been yeah. leading in every game. It's a divisional matchup, so it's a trap game. And the one thing about the Giants, I'm picking Dallas, but they've gotten better in some form or fashion each week. You know, Daniel Jones not turning over the ball. Saquon, even though he's healthy, like, they've been easing him, you know, into the mm-hmm. lineup each and every week. And his uh, his role is increasing, and I think he's getting better. You know, he made some plays, like, on that long – He had, the, I think he had the game win the touchdown run, but he had that long yeah. – um, that okay. uh, long catch on the nine route uh, on Lattimore. So, you know – and I picked him as my comeback player of the year. So I, I think, you know, they're just going to keep using my guy back into the lineup and he's going to – breakout performances are coming. So I could see – I know I keep doing it, but I'm 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 going to stick with my gut going with Dallas. But I see I could see, you know, like this being a nail-biter. Yeah. Arizona-San Fran. These games are so hard to pick because I feel like <laughs> Arizona has their first loss of the season, but they're riding so high. And Jimmy G, I don't know who starts at quarterback. If Trey Lance starts, yeah. I'm going with Arizona. If Jimmy G starts, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off the upset. But the Cardinals, after how they played last week, like I don't, I think they have the right veterans in the locker room to keep you know them level headed, not to get too high about their win last week. But I can mm-hmm. see them walking into this matchup, you know, feeling themselves a little bit. And San Fran's no slouch, but I'm going with Arizona. I'm gonna trust it. The veteran. Veterans in the locker room take care of all that. Um, this was quick for me. You know how I feel about KC. I don't. I don't like when people disrespect them like that. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo's been playing good ever since week one, but I don't think they're ready to hang with the big boys yet. So I got KC in the last game. Indy, they're playing. This is my trap game. I can see Indy winning this, but I'm going with Baltimore for now. So those are my pickums. And I say, I promise you, I know this is probably my fourth or fifth time saying it. Like, I want to I wanna trust my gut. But these games, like, when, when the screen's in front of you and you got to pick the games, it's just like, yeah. I, I don't know, because it's the they NFL. Do get tough. Show up. 
So yeah. but hopefully I'm right this week and hopefully I make myself some money. What do you got? Yeah, me. So we, we already both went with the Rams. I gotta, I gotta stick by them one more time. But if they lose this week, I don't think I can pick them anymore this year. I gotta go with my home squad, Atlanta. Please come through and win this game for me this week. Um, outside of that, I'm gonna go with Green Bay. Like I said, I think Cincinnati may play them close, but I think Green Bay. Like I said it's just one of those situations they're not, you know, ready for that next level. Um, they'll take it for sure. We'll never pick Detroit again. They let me down big time, so we're going with Minnesota. Um, dang. I don't like Drew Locke, and he's the quarterback now, so got to go with Pittsburgh, unfortunately, because I don't like uh, Big Ben either. That's going to be a tough game. Oh, my God. It's going to be a nasty game. All right, I'll go with Pittsburgh, though. Tampa Bay, Miami, yeah, they let me down last week as well. Jacoby Brissett won't be a task. Um, their secondary is hurt though. Pretty injured by I me. Mean, they did bring in Richard Sherman. Um, I mean, it helps a little bit and, but they still have a great pass rush. So that's going to be the difference for sure. Uh, yeah, you said another trap. That's a trap game for sure. Washington, New Orleans, like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'll go with Washington too. I really like in those type of games. I'm just like, dang, I don't even know. I go with the home squad. But New Orleans, like I said, this is one of those they definitely could pull this out and win. Like they've been so flip floppy, and it's like it's every other week too. It's like never consistent. So I think this is the every other week. This would be the week that they would win. So I can definitely see them winning um, on the road, going there, and um, you know playing a little bit better. Because like I said, Washington defense hasn't been up to par. If Jameis is able to just take care of the ball and hit his guys, like their secondary isn't good either. So. I can see them possibly point out to them. I'm going to go with Washington. Carolina versus Philly. Definitely going with Carolina in that one. Uh, I'll go. Uh, I might be texting myself. If Tennessee doesn't have those pass catchers and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I might go with Jacksonville. I'll text you and let you know. But I'm going to go with Tennessee to begin with. Um, I just think they they can't drop two te- drop two losses to two of the two of the worst teams in the league. Like that's just not gonna happen. Or it shouldn't happen if you consider yourself uh, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC. New England and Houston gotta go with New England. Like you said, Davis Mills gonna have another long day. I wanna go with the upset and pick Chicago over the Raiders, but I just I'm not ready to do that yet. I think like you said, Justin Fields definitely played a lot better against Detroit last week, but it's like you should have in a sense, even yeah. as a rookie. Like you should have play better especially the week prior given the week prior but yeah i'm gonna go with vegas on this one like i said they, they've shown me enough to where i feel confident picking them even though i still think they're gonna fall off at some point i'm picking the charges as well for everything that i said why they're my surprise team and i don't believe in baker either i'm not a baker guy I never really have been um and it's unfortunate like that's possibly the reason why they may not win a super bowl this year we put a different quarterback in the equation like a matthew stafford aaron aaron Rodgers, and they could possibly well be at, be the favorites given that defense. But going with the Chargers in this one, Dallas, Giants, two NFC teams I hate, but I'm going to go with Dallas. Um, so that offense has just been really looking unstoppable. Zeke has played a lot better. He's looked like he's coming on and looking more like that lead back that they um, gave all that money to. And Arizona, San Fran, like you said, I can see this being a trap game too, but I don't know. 
if they 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 don't know who's going to be the starter at quarterback. I just go Arizona for the moment. Regardless of whoever starts, I think Arizona might pull this one out. They're at home. Like you said, they're riding the high. It's another divisional game. I think they'll take care of business um, for sure. And then I want to go with Buffalo. I'm not even going to lie. I don't want to go with Kansas. Go ahead. Nah, be, be that guy so we can have a little, you know, disparity in our picks and stuff. And believe yeah. that Josh Allen going to come to um, – I mean, he could, but – you know, everybody teach their own, but I just need you to do it for the sake of the picks. Yeah, I think the only one we got different right now is Atlanta. Everything else on this week has been pretty straightforward. <laughs> of course. Yeah, everything else has been straightforward. I don't know. Because, I, yeah, I'm going with Baltimore. I'm not going with Indy. That's that's a given. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'll go with them this week. And hopefully I'll take a two-game lead because hopefully Atlanta wins and then Buffalo wins. Um. Like I said, Kansas City obviously still a great team, like but defense like Josh Allen's been I won't say carving up, but he's been doing enough offensively or a good amount offensively. Like he not this past week, but the week prior, he had a really big offensive day. Um and I think maybe hopefully that continues against a, a, a Kansas City defense that isn't that great. So I'm gonna go with Buffalo, like you said, just to be different too, though. I'm gonna go with them. But so the difference is only Atlanta and Buffalo. One of them got to shake out. If both, if I lose both of them and I lose my lead in the pickums, and I might just throw this NFL season away. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, won't, I, won't I can't do that as much. Like, is even if the like last season when the Jaguars won the first game and lost 15 straight, <laughs> as mad as I was, like I like the NFL so much that I was still tuned in every Sunday. And it, it got so bad though, honestly, to where. I'm always going to start off watching the Jaguars, but after the first quarter, if it's going real bad, we can't get past the 50. I might start turning the other games and start treating the Jaguars games like I treat the other games while I'm watching them, like, you know, turn while the other games are on commercial. So it, it's been rough, bro. But you can't give up on it, though. You got to. Okay, so what you saying? I experienced it last year. I don't know why. I still kept watching, though. What, I feel like it? y'all's not as bad though. Like y'all, y'all, the Falcons have done this to y'all for years. The way they lose games, bro, and I just feel like y'all, like y'all, get y'all hopes up. The Jaguars, we know, but like we be like, dang, we really this sorry, bro. Like y'all have some type of hope. There's more of a realization. Yeah, I think it is worse to like be giving, like you're giving something. Like say we're giving a, a good game, a good lead, like a good everything. Like it looks like we put everything like last week, everything looked like it was put together well enough to us for the for us to win the game. But it's like slowly but surely it's just creeping up and it's taken away and it's just snatched. Like Tyler Hennick, you made what two, three incredible touchdown throws. Like that should never have happened. Like you he run around the back and just throws it up. And then somehow McLaurin's just right there because the D B just let him catch it. And then Oh, he's scrambling, scrambling. They throw it to the opposite side of the field to the running back, and and nobody knows how to tackle. Like, what are you breaking down for? Like, if any, like anything, overrun it. So he forces, he's being forced back inside. Like, don't break down, let him hit the outside. Like, McLaurin was the play. Was McLaurin the play where he uh he made somebody miss in the pocket and just like threw it up while yeah, somebody was taking it? Yeah, yeah. And all right, like it's great. Is it was a great play, but. For him to do that, like on first and ten, bro, that's a play you you throw it up like that on fourth down or the end of the game. But I just I already know, bro. And like I know sometimes you're thinking we played the game, like of course you know we didn't. We're not playing in the NFL, but like yeah. like sometimes you look at the dude's ball skills, like the ball's up in the air, and then they make a play that makes it look like they should be playing JV or rec league. Like I promise you, 
some of these ball skills for these DBs. I'd be like, what are you doing? Because literally, like, he was there. He was on him. He even held him a little bit. But it looked like he literally watched him just come back. To he didn't him. want to miss like, time to jump. He was scared. If any, yeah, I would have. I don't know. I probably would have. I would have been better off. I don't want to say I'd have been better off like him, like, committing a pass interference, but because they would have been at the one. But at the same time, like, it was really no difference. Like, you literally sat there and watched him catch it. Like, you thought he was going to drop it? I know, bro. Like, that's an NFL wide receiver. And it's literally coming down. It's almost like it's just a punt. Like, he's going to catch that. But it's whatever. Hopefully, we don't have a repeat of that this week. Um, that DB probably still has to play a little bit more because we do have injuries. Hopefully, Kendall Sheffield is back. I don't know. But all in all, man, that does it for us today. Of course, it's another loaded pack show. College football, something or nothing. Then hitting on week five of the NFL season. But did we miss anything before we head out? Uh, nah, you know, another – Pack show upcoming sports week. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, we're not too disappointed when we come out next week. But I got a good feeling that Jelani thinks that they're gonna go to London with some uh, some receivers from Northview and get the job done. But you know, that's some not receivers from Northview. Yeah, Boy, that's, that's these that's some honestly this these some like two thousand uh probably like 2010, 2011, 2012 Bergmar not Bergmar uh Metal Creek receivers to be honest. Hey, hopefully they get the job done, though. Like, Kyle Pitts, though, this is his breakout game. Even playing it, nah. Salah, I'm pretty sure Salah's still calling the plays. He's a good defensive mind, so they're going to have a plan to take him away. So it's going to be a long day. Patterson might have to catch 10 passes against something. He does it all, though, so. I don't know. Yeah, he does. Like I said, Cordell's about to have a big game. I forgot to put him in in my lineup last week in fantasy, but I definitely finna do it this week because – like we literally don't got nobody else to 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 have the ball. But um yeah, man, that does it for us today. Definitely uh like I said, a, a great show, action pack. Um we'll be putting up the something and nothings as a poll later on, and then also our, you know, posting our I guess first first quarter results of our pickums. Unfortunately, I don't have my four point or four game lead anymore, it's now tied up. Um, but definitely be on the lookout for those. Um also next week. So our new intro should be dropping or will be dropping. I should be, we'll be dropping. Definitely. I think we'll have a, we'll have a contest slash giveaway in the works as well. That we'll probably try to do for the whole week or at least a few days leading up to when we do drop it. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Shout out to everybody on off the ball network. Um, appreciate, uh, you know, us for giving us a platform. Shout out to ice shakers, proud to uh, my bookie, go to both of those sites, use promo code off the ball. And you can win big on both uh, with both sides. Um, so with Ice Shakers, I think it's thirty percent off, and then with my bookie, they'll match up to a thousand dollar deposit. So definitely, definitely check out those sponsors, support them, support us. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna keep trucking. Again, appreciate that, of course, for joining me. Appreciate everybody for watching, um, and those that are watching later on or listening on the uh, audio version as well. Um, we will see you guys next time. Appreciate it, and have a good night. Catch on there, sweet.